Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is a bonus Q&A episode to tide us over to the next one-shot, and it is indeed a very special Q&A, as this week I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Matthias Jungsenhage, one of the designers behind Symbarum and the upcoming 5e expansion, Ruins of Symbarum. Symbarum is a fantasy tabletop RPG, often described as dark, gritty and deadly. First released in Swedish in 2014, Symbarum has captured the imagination of an ever-growing number of gamers. The setting revolves around the Ambrians, a civilization that two decades ago were forced to flee their ancestral soil after a devastating war. Their new and promised land borders on the vast forest of Davokar, covering the remnants of the Empire of Symbarum, which fell into ruin hundreds of years ago. Brimming with natural resources and mythical treasures, the forest calls out to the Ambrians to be explored and exploited, but the road into its depths lays far from open. Not only are the shadowy halls beneath the foliage fraught with danger, monsters and infectious corruption, but there are also the elves of the Iron Pact, who have vowed to die to keep anyone from disturbing the ruins of old, warning that the ancient evil of Symbarum stirs in its sleep. The horrors of Davokar are about to waken. Now the acclaimed setting of Symbarum comes to the world's most popular role-playing game rules. The Ruins of Symbarum encompasses the three richly illustrated base setting books, which provide special rules, custom classes, unique creatures and much more. Ruins of Symbarum invites DMs and players to enjoy the adventures in the world of Symbarum using the 5th edition OGL ruleset. Honestly, I think this intimate and rich setting is a must for all storytellers. If you haven't checked this game out, go and do so. The official launch date for Ruins of Symbarum 5e is June 7th, and it's currently available for pre-order on the Free League Publishing website. I'll put links to that and Matthias's other work on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode show notes. So let's just get started really simply. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you and what do you do? My name is Matthias Jonsson-Hake. I live in Sweden, up north. Not as far as the polar circle, but quite close to it. Um, and I am co-owner and, I don't know, you know, in, in small companies like Free League, which I'm yeah. part of, we tend to do, like, lots of various stuff just to you help each other out and whatnot. So, But my main... Um, my main occupation, you can say, is mm-hmm. being the brand director or game director of Symbarum, and also now the project lead of the Ruins of Symbarum 5e project that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and I have also worked as writer and editor on brands like Vass and uh, Tales from the Loop, Forbidden Lands, um, yeah. The list goes on because, as I said, yeah, Mutant is one of the games that lies really close to my heart as well. Mm. So, um, did I mention Coriolis? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've had the honor of being project lead for Coriolis as well for mm. a couple of years, uh, but I'm now slowly turning it over to one of my colleagues, Costa Costalus, who is. Yeah, we're we're trying to convince him to quit his day job and work more for for us at the Free League. 
Yeah. So wow, an incredible so. history of, of lots of RPGs, like obviously lots of free league RPGs. Yeah. Are just yeah. incredible. So how did you get started into RPGs? Like, were you always like a player? Did you like writing yeah. for stuff? Like, what kind of sort of RPGs that draw you into playing, I guess? I started, I would say, kind of late in, I think it was 89. I was going on 17. Mm-hmm. And it was the the best player in my heavy metal band here in Umeå who uh, sort of felt the nerd in me and <laughs> and introduced me to first to board games such as Talisman, mm-hmm. if you know it. And then uh, when he noticed me loving it, he dared uh, introduce me to role playing games as well because this was at a time where role playing games was like the most geeky and nerdy and negative thing you could ever do especially for a hard rock drummer Mm. or a heavy metal drummer and you know having been creative in all sorts of ways growing up role-playing games as a as a hobby is super creative i would Mm. say even if you don't write official material uh, the creation starts already at the table when you play together Mm. whether you're a gm or a player and me and my friends were yeah, we we could not just uh, you know consume role playing games. So <laughs> we of course we bought official adventures and stuff, but we always you know house ruled and and edited the adventures mm-hmm. and whatnot. And pretty soon the convention wave started here in Sweden. There were lots of small conventions, and several of us started writing scenarios for these conventions especially the ones here locally in Umeå and that was kind of how it started because then um, (laughs) for some still a bit unclear reason a couple of us or I think six of us here in Umeå we we decided to why not try to do this for real so (laughs) we had two guys who liked to you know run company being the administrators uh, which was kind of lucky because yes, very us, lucky. Yeah, <laughs> and we were three writers and two artists, mm-hmm. and we, on a hobby basis, while we were you know doing the career thing and the building a family thing and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, we wrote Swedish only RPG called Mutant Undergångens Arvtagare, Heirs of Doom. It was like the prequel to Year Zero, mm-hmm. the same brand. Yeah. Uh, but the version of Mutant that came before Year Zero. And we we were at it for five or six years. Finally, we also decided that we should give it a, uh, give a go to, to create a brand of our own, and that became Coriolis. Mm-hmm. And this was like 2005 or six. we started working on that. But it was strictly hobby back then, even though for several of us, especially for me and Martin, Grip, who is our still our lead artist uh, mm-hmm. at Free League, it was like the hobby that became more important than yeah the the day job and the career. Yeah. So already then the hope was that one day you know we could maybe make it as mm-hmm. a and live of it. Mm. It took uh, five or six more years before that happened. And uh, it happened with Symbarum for me, uh, in, not in, in Free League, but as this company called Jernringen. And uh, me and Martin Grip and uh, Matthias Lilja 
also we took in uh, Johan Noor, who is famous mm. for Mörkborg. Mörkborg, yeah. Yeah, he also was a graphic designer of Simrom. Mm-hmm. So he has set the style for that. We decided right from the get-go that we would try to really make it this time and go for an English launch because you can't live mm-hmm. off role-playing games in Swedish. That's just silly. <laughs> uh, we're like 10 million people, so... Mm-hmm. It's it's like London. <laughs> yeah, it's it one big everyone in yeah. one London. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it took a couple of years, but since mm. 2017, I've actually made a decent living of That's making role playing games. And it's yeah, it's not just amazing. It's like it's it still feels kind of silly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's silly I mean, in a good way, yeah, right? Like, silly in a very very good way, but yes. it feels. I feel silly saying it because it doesn't sound true. <laughs> yeah. it sounds yeah, like I'm lying. It is a dream, right? That to, to yeah. create your own stuff and have your own product and like hearing about other people playing it and stuff like that. That yeah, oh, I, I, yeah. it's that it's that sort of beautiful like. But yeah, you feel like I don't know. We've got a phrase here, and again, you probably know it, it's imposter syndrome. I don't think it's that. Yeah, it's yeah. just like I've done it. <laughs> what? How? It's more like that rather than like, oh no, how have they made me do this? So like, I've done this throughout years of hard work. Like you said, you've mm. got a whole list of RPGs behind you, and you're like, I'm here. Mm. What? Like it's, it's it's more that surprise, but also joy with it. So yeah, I I totally see that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know now that because with the merger when we we merged with the Free League, mm-hmm. who has always been our friends and yes i mean already when we started simbrum we had started talking with thomas and costa and nils uh, and christian about someday making it together yeah and of course it's been it's been super hard work uh, mm-hmm. for many years but but now we're starting to i don't know it feels like i can relax a little bit and yeah. enjoy it because <laughs> it feels like now anything can happen uh, yeah. but today we have such a, a fantastic and fan base yes we have such you know established relations within mm-hmm. the gaming community as well so finally it feels like yeah you can you can start to look at the big picture and actually be happy about what we have yeah. accomplished absolutely it's i think it's it's always always these things take, feel like i mean it is a lot of hard work and it feels like you know you you do so much work and then when you've done it a couple of times you're like actually now we've got everything on board we've done this mm. process sometimes it gets easier in the sense of like we yeah. know what to do and you're at that place of confidence but like you said like once you've got a wonderful uh, yeah, freely communities like all, all the sort of spin-off communities around the products are so welcoming and so passionate about the the rpgs it's actually a, a wonderful and there's so much like in terms of you know third-party content and just yeah. people excited to play and that's what i always think about certainly all freely games is that it encourages you to go for it and it doesn't matter yeah. whether the setting is you know like a, a sci-fi setting or like deep dark forests with mm. spookies going on and it for you, because obviously, as you just sort of mentioned, you've done a whole range of, sort of different genres or been involved in different genres of RPGs. Is there a particular one that, uh, like a genre that you really love playing or really love writing about? I don't think the genre itself is the most important thing. Mm. I feel most comfortable with fantastical settings. They can be in space, like Coriolis is mm. like a, a, a science fantasy kind of not very hardcore tech uh, yeah. 
setting, more focused on the story, uh, or Symbarum or Forbidden Lands, where you have the freedom to... For me, I rarely work on the license games sure. for exactly that reason, that mm. I, I don't want to you know, <laughs> spend hours and hours and days and even months studying yeah. the lore that someone else has <laughs> created. Written, right. Yeah, <laughs> or it, the same thing goes for settings uh, or games set in real life, where mm. you have to, you know, study some city maps from, I don't know. Yeah, like real life maps. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and persons and whatnot. For me, I think the most important thing is the freedom to to focus on the themes and the dynamics of the story. Mm, no, uh, and, and not having to be, you know, sh- for me, it feels like being shackled by, mm. in some sense, facts, even if they are fictional facts that someone else has come up with. So. I, you know, I completely agree. It's this, this way off topic. I know we'll get to Simba Room in a second. But- <laughs> Like people love playing in worlds that they've seen or they've read about mm. and stuff like that. But I, I sit there as a, as a GM sometimes, I get overwhelmed by the canon of it all. Mm. And it's like, because maybe there's that worry that obviously if you're passionate about a particular film, but other people are passionate about it, but oh, you're not as passionate because you don't know the whole timeline. Exactly. Or these tiny little villages that are on, the, and you're like, mm. it doesn't matter. As long as you get the general sense and the feel and be encouraged to create your own stuff and make mm. that your canon, then that's what matters. But I agree. So I, I sometimes see all this wonderful license of where I go, I know this stuff and I've, I've watched it. And then I go, oh, but I don't know any of this. But oh no, I've got to, mm. remit, I've got to cram it all in before my session. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's what it is. And I, say, and I completely agree. It's always better to have that time to create your own stuff rather than study. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, idea, but, but I mean, stuff. again, there are, luckily, there are people of different tastes out there yes. making games. And in the case of our bigger, because I'm, I'm mostly focused, my, my main focus is setting and mm-hmm. adventures and lore and stuff, you know. Yes not so much the rules uh, and for our bigger uh, license games like uh, alien and twilight mm. and the upcoming blade runner, blade runner yeah yeah uh, we have thomas who is like the game director and the rules designer at home at free league mm-hmm. and then we have uh, very good freelance writers that we work with that actually are passionate about you know <laughs> they they know everything they know there is to know yes. about the alien universe yes. and the things they don't know they are probably never written it's, it's down not, it's anywhere. not written down it's like, and it's not no. worth knowing mm. i guess <laughs> exactly no, fair so enough. yeah and and that's super because then i get to focus on what i find most joyful the, I, I mean yeah, you know editing and and such is something that you still can do but yeah yeah no i agree i agree well let's yeah. let's get right to it then so for those of us who've been living under rocks <laughs> <laughs> what is ruins of Simbaran? and like Okay, and I know this is a very loaded question because obviously it's such a big thing that you've worked on a big part of your life. So, like, sort of, can you tell us, I, I say, I guess, a quick potted history of what Simbaron is and how mm. we've got now this sort of fifth edition Ruin Simbaron mm. coming out very soon? Simbaron is a, a, a game line that launched in 2016 in English. People call it the dark fantasy setting. Mm. Uh, I maybe would rather call it a, a 
a serious or grown-up fantasy setting, maybe, <laughs> or something like that. It's been described, and I think that's quite to the point, like like a marriage between Game of Thrones and Princess Mononoke, in yes. the sense that the, the setting is Game of Thronesy when it comes to how people relate to and react to, mm-hmm. to the world. The setting is populated by, you know, real persons rather than superheroes or whatnot mm-hmm. and it the the princess mononoke parallel is quite obvious as well since the whole game is designed around the, the core conflict that is between nature yeah. and civilization and the idea of what would happen if you know nature had the capacity to react and respond to our intentions to cultivate and exploit and utilize uh, mm-hmm. nature. Since 2016, I believe we have a catalog of yeah between 12 and 15 books. Mm-hmm. That are, uh, a few of them are uh, smaller ones, soft cover, but most of them are, you know, real tomes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, you know, already when we started in 2013 14 working on the game we we discussed whether to try to get a license to work with or try to you know create an ip from start and Mm. the decision went for the latter and we knew that it was going to take time to establish uh, something totally new Uh, and the the fun thing about simbarum is that it seems to be it's a marathon it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, but like when you have a uh, known IP to work with, definitely working. Yeah. <laughs> it is gaining momentum year by year, and uh, especially now also in the States. But one thing that we've experienced both ourselves as players back in the day, and now that we meet people at conventions and talk to them online and, mm. and various social platforms, is that players especially players role-playing players are somewhat creatures of habit (laughs) yeah we have heard from so many game masters coming up to us over the years saying how much they love syndrome as a setting and as a system Mm -hmm. but they have a super hard time convincing their players to play Mm -hmm. anything but 5e yeah and truth be told one of us, Matthias Lilia, one of the co-designers of Simurum, is a big time, I wouldn't say fan maybe, but D&D player. Sure. And he started talking very early on about the, this possibility. Back then it was D20 open gaming license, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that now has turned into the 5e UGL. So the idea has sort of always been there because for us... I mean, we are super proud of the, the rule set of Simbarum, and we, we, we have designed it the way we love to play games. You know, the, right. the freedom of, of designing your character mm-hmm. without any levels or limitations or, or career paths or mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, you have the player-facing dice mechanic where the, the players roll all the dice. Mm-hmm. You have the D20, which we, I don't, I don't know, love. without going into it too much it's a roll under system and so on Uh, but but for us the setting and the stories stories told in in the Mm. setting of symbarum has always been you know the main passion so for us absolutely giving more 
players and game masters a chance to discover this setting and, mm -hmm. and uh, experience the stories within. It has never been an, an issue that, oh, we don't like these rules or no. whatnot, because the rules are, they are just a tool as we see it, to facilitate the storytelling. And so now since, I mean, it's soon a year since we launched a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. I believe. For right the about a year, yeah, just, just yeah. over a year, yeah. I have the books here on my shelf <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so super happy. It, it's, yeah. it's quite the, the standard, you know, opening bundle comes with, with the player's guide, with not only a lot of new origins and classes and feats and whatnot that are Symbarum oriented. It also comes with some special new rules to mm -hmm. capture, you know, try to capture the Symbarum feel uh, mm. with the 5e uh, rule set as yeah. a base because Symbarum is <laughs> as we tend to say it is it should be deeper darker and deadlier yes. uh, so and to make that happen we have had to you know offer some optionals or new rules for yeah. I like that as game. well yeah no I think I completely agree with you there is a hesitancy with players because you know regardless of the system they start on i know like you said majority of people are into 5e just now but who knows when mm. that will change in a couple of years time mm. but what you said about the setting and the whole sort of world comes first and the tools are just there to help facilitate I, that is such i wish more people would think about it like that rather than like i want to use this rule set to take create my stories you could tell stories without using dice rolls. You could tell stories of just using tokens and stuff like that. So I just love this idea that you were sort of placed just after sort of this last 20 or so years of conflict. It's very recent. It feels very real. So you have this sort of conflict in the background. And then this idea that humans are sort of like, you've just arrived here in a different world. You're not native to it. You, you have to deal with all these other outside forces, which can be very alien. And I think it's, mm. for me, it draws on like, to a lesser extent, I guess, like, you know, moving to a different country or suddenly being upheaved and you're having to reestablish some sort of sense. And so you can really create some amazing stories about it. And like you said, yeah. that sort of fantastical settings and just playing it different rather than just like the sort of umbrella term of high fantasy, if you see what I mean. So I, I really yeah. enjoyed that sort of like reading through the, the history of it and this idea that there is this conflict in the background and this sort of forests are great. Love forests. Love being, <laughs> love being a deep dark forest. You're like, oh, all the spooky stuff's going to happen here and all this, like the scary stuff. And, and, and that's the thing I just was like, this is really cool. The team that designed Symbarum together, we have always had a, this um, liking. Yeah, we, li we like to design the games around a story arc, you mm -hmm. can say. So in this case, Symbarum's, if someone asked me why I play Symbarum and now 5e, we haven't gotten around to it yet for 5e, but we will most likely do it. The big thing is the, the Chronicle of the Throne of Thorns, which, which mm -hmm. is like the, the main campaign of the game, the sixth part. I'm actually currently writing the final part of that campaign <laughs> uh, or Chronicle. And already in the core book, we set the stage for that Chronicle or, mm -hmm. or the theme of that, those adventures. And that also means that you get a sense of the world already being in motion yeah uh, things are already happening mm. uh, ideas morals and you know disputes over resources there are already clashes 
inside the setting that you as a, as a player creating a character can tie into and immediately because one of the i would say the most important thing when you create a setting for playing games in especially role playing games is the conflicts and not necessarily armed conflicts but the the tension between yeah. various positions on the you know the social landscape of, of the setting uh, and if if you can present those in, a, in an interesting way it mm-hmm. it will probably become a little bit easier both to create adventures and also as a player to you know mm-hmm. relate to to what your character is supposed to care for there tends to be sometimes people go oh yeah will's going to be combat in the sense of like fighting stuff which there is mm-hmm. i will say that but i agree i think like we've talked about before this idea of Role playing now. This sort of there is obviously this big shift, certainly with with streaming of games and that sort of thing, mm. to make it a narrative, to make it this overarching story. So to have that social encounters and to sort of build that on that world. And I think as I think Game of Thrones has helped with that in a way. That's sort of been going. Yeah. There, we know there's a problem far north, but that mm. we can't deal with that right now. Or it's mm. no one knows about it because we're too busy sort of infighting between ourselves because we're trying to. Mm sort of scrabble that power and stuff so I, I i think that's just interesting to be when you're such a small part of it but maybe you get that sort of two version of it you are in it as a as a character but then you are looking over the whole thing going no oh, it doesn't feel good we're gonna we're gonna do something about it i love that about a game um yeah and i think we have at least to some extent succeeded in that yes. I, I i heard one of the players or one player comment that in an ongoing discussion on the forum, he said that we uh, consider ourselves to be heroes mm-hmm. when we uh, when we play the game, the good guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. when we our company of of characters in in the world of Simbrom yeah. consider themselves to be the good guys and fighting for for the just cause. Still, there has not been one uh, game session where we haven't second guessed ourselves both before doing something and then after uh, looking at the consequences of our good deeds if there's one thing i hope to do and i I would say this is this is something we aspire for when it comes to most free league games Mm -hmm. is that never present a, a clear clear-cut version of mm. uh, what's good and bad morals yeah uh, what is good and what is bad is is something that you know you don't want to when designing game you don't want to contribute to polarization and yeah. and simplification of mm-hmm. of moral conflicts yeah in 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 that world or in our world and, and it makes for really interesting role playing Exactly. Well. <laughs> yeah. No. I, that, I, that's the thing. It is. It's the thing where you, I love. I love that that comment you just said about the second guessing about yourself before mm. and then after, because that that makes you want to keep playing. You want yeah. to find out, and it, that means there's such a you know if you are that sort of person to at the end there's a big replay ability as well. I guess like sort of. But I want yeah. to know what if we'd done this bit, and you should mm. as a GM and going. Oh, I hadn't really planned for that, but actually, mm. I done all this work for it. So I think I, that is a, that's just a crunchy game, and I, yeah, that idea that here are just here is the world as it stands. Mm. It's all grey. There's no black and white, like good, you know, good versus evil. Like it's what you put in it. I think that those make mm. the more interesting stories. I'm sure, I'm sure you you would have that sort of like, oh, this is definitely 
goes to sort this out. But there are people that are sort of proxies and petitioners of both sides that are sort of in between, which I, I always think is it's great for NPC work. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. NPCs become super important in a mm-hmm. setting like that. And also you, you said there's uh, combat. Yeah, there's combat in Symbrom and in mm-hmm. Ruins of Symbrom, and it is more deadly. And that yes. that is not because we love total poultry kills. No. It, it is because we want to encourage the players and characters to try to find other ways <laughs> to yeah. solve solve the situation or handle the situation because are you like 20 days walk inside the borders of Davokar forest and you become hurt or mm-hmm. your wound become infected or whatnot you are in trouble yeah and that yeah. is not only true for you that is true for the, the you know the creatures that you meet everyone as well. around you yeah mm. uh, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but but <laughs> yeah, you. Um, the thing is, not only second guess in the terms of morals, but mm. actually discussing discussing strategies in terms yeah. of, you know, what risks are we willing to take in order mm. to reach what goal, and trying to reason with you know the ones standing in the way of your intended target or goal or whatever mm-hmm. uh, trying to reason what what are they prepared to you know risk and mm-hmm. yeah uh, in the end in the end uh, the syndrome I, I would hope encourages social role play in the sense that you you will you will try to negotiate with mm. Maybe not the blight beasts or abominations <laughs> of Davokar because they, yeah, they are kind of nah, not ones, not ones, not, ones not super with. open to to diplomacy. They, they're not keen. <laughs> that, that, uh, that's that's fair. So well, let's talk about it. So obviously, Ruins of Symbarum obviously is coming out. Obviously, mm. as you've mentioned, is under the sort of the fifth edition open game license. I know there has been some tweaks to obviously sort of. It appeals like you, you just sort of mentioned this obviously it's obviously 5e uh sort of settings and rules so 5e players will recognize some of the things but like you've made some additional things mm. right so like this idea of corruption i wondered if you could talk a little bit to that oh yeah corruption is is a concept from the original game that is sort of it captures this main theme or conflict of the game the the struggle between civilization and nature so what corruption is, is basically nature's response to being uh, controlled, cultivated, exploited, uh, twisted by, by will, mm. the will of civilization. So uh, one very evident case is the use of magic, meaning that if, if, you, if you cast a spell or perform a ritual or whatnot, you will you will be tainted by corruption. Nature will harm you in return. Mm. You can, to some extent, uh, reduce this effect by joining a mystical tradition that has found various, you know, praxis, uh, practices to maybe hide what they are doing a little bit from, from nature or, yeah. or shield themselves from corruption. Mm-hmm. But you will always be affected. And if it goes far, if you amass too much corruption, you will start to will start to express itself physically in mm-hmm. in your you know you you get blisters that never heal or you get you know stench of sulfur around your or horn like outgrowths in on the forehead or mm-hmm. whatnot. 
nature will try to beastify you <laughs> more or less. I don't think it's conscious in what it's doing, but that's the effect of it. If it goes really, really far, you, your player character will become an NPC, will mm. turn into a raving abomination that, that is no longer playable. Mm. And you can also uh, suffer corruption from other effects, such as certain monsters mm. that actually uh, deal corruption uh, damage in addition to uh, physical damage. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain areas in the forest of Davokars, especially, but also in other places of the world that will that are infectious. Mm -hmm. something may have happened in this place or some great abomination may be buried under thin layer of roots and soil mm. and the whole area is infectious with with corruption so and you don't want to stay there there for yeah. very long so one one thing that this means for the 5e special rules is that we don't have spell slots in mm. in uh, ruins of Symbarum. instead you gain corruption when you use magic, meaning that the limitation of what you can do or how many spells you can cast uh, is not determined by memorizing, mm. you know, a certain amount per level, but instead of how much corruption you... So it becomes sort of a tactical gamble. Do I dare yeah. cast another spell knowing that I risk becoming blightmarked or even thoroughly corrupt? Mm -hmm. so that is that is corruption it's, i don't know if i <laughs> what a, yeah no i mean that is such a cool concept in general like this because that's i think many people are like oh yeah i could do magic i can just throw fireballs everywhere that sort of thing mm -hmm. but I, I just like you said it's a gamble this idea that mm -hmm. you know there's not that restriction of like oh yeah it's spell slots that's a mechanic per se it's just about well, if i do this it's just increasing more and more so you're having to pick and it's so i feel like it's such a very narrative way of telling in this and the idea that magic is this corruption is sort of addiction per se perhaps and just mm. I, I love that like yeah the the traditions and the sense of like we'll teach you how to use it or to, uh, to prevent it but you can't always prevent it it's, it's always going to happen at some point so it's almost like a, this inevitability is sort of a corruption which i just i think that's such a cool story thing and i think just it just adds to it so i, I can imagine lots of players really wanting to create characters that can do magic who can who want to use it but having to have this sort of almost like internal struggle between themselves going i can save my friends but at the cost of losing myself really cool yeah, and, and also knowing, I mean, according to the, the Elves of the Iron Pact, which are, you yes. know, humanity's big antagonist in this setting, you, the, the Elves are, they occupy about the same role or function as the Orc would in, in another game, mm -hmm. the default enemy, so to speak. They would argue that the magical practice in itself harms not only you, but the world mm -hmm. i mean there are the most ambrians the, the civilized people <laughs> they kind of scoff at the elves uh, claiming mm -hmm. that they are just you know trying to limit the sources of human power and influence yeah 
by by spreading lies mm -hmm. uh, but there are humans that you know on the, on the one hand you have the sorcerers as they are called that that actually use the power of corruption to enhance their their magic and spells they are on a very slippery slope mm -hmm. towards becoming you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they exist among the humans on the other hand you have the witches of the clan folks in Davokar who in their mind does good they are the champions of nature in some mm -hmm. sense but the magic they weave still cause corruption mm -hmm. just like for the elves that there are elves that use magic as well so mm -hmm. yeah you claim to do good but in the end what you do is is not necessarily you have good intentions, but the, the methods you are using are Does clearly justify harmful. It? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Big question. What was your favorite bit to to write on or to be a part? I know it's like you, oh. yeah, I know. Whoa. Um, is there a particular bit that stood out to you going, this is really like you enjoyed really writing about it? Or and I will say, like, obviously, with the with it coming out, I, and you've said you've got the books already, you can't say oh, it's because I've got the books in my hand, that's the best bit. No, no, no. It's like what was the best <laughs> bit about what was the best bit of writing the setting, I guess. Okay, in retrospect, or what either, I had most either fun. Or, either okay. or, because um, I'd appreciate, it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh God, this is, I'm really struggling to write, and then yeah, oh, it was fine in the end, I really enjoyed it, et cetera. But, but, but the thing is, your question is a little bit unfair. <laughs> I, <would laughs> I know, say, because, I know, I know. Yeah, the thing is, uh, while writing, even if it's, you know, stimulating and inspiring and fun, it is it is work. difficult yes. it is yes. work it yes. is you know yes. so it's sure, it's sure. mostly in ret retrospect course, that you course. that you feel it but when it comes to simbrum the whole chronicle of the throne of thorns is mm -hmm. you know um, writing a six part and we are not now talking like 170 to 220 page mm -hmm. books mm -hmm. and having having them stay interesting not only for the players but for the gm mm -hmm. so the best part is writing these adventures and feeling like you are not creating or designing but discovering Ooh. stuff yeah. about the lore or about the the the, the actions of various npcs or yeah. you know that that sense when you feel that you are at one with the story when you you, when you feel that uh things fall into place yeah I, I would say that those moments are worth yeah everything there is such a difference between like creating, which is fun in itself, I mm. agree, but that natural discovery and going, of course, this was always going to be like this, or oh, mm. I get it. I, yeah, there's a real special joy in that. And that's, I guess, that's when you can tell that you've really, like you said, really become one with the setting because it's just so mm. natural and a natural progression and stuff. It just makes it a lot, like you said, not easier to write because obviously you still need to get what's in here in, the, in, your, in your head onto the page, but it's just mm. like, oh, of course, it, and you can see it sort of coming out from you rather than worrying about what it's going. So that, that's like a sign of a true, a true uh, writer connected with the setting, which is awesome. So good for the girl on that. Yeah, and I, I could give you several examples, but I won't because <gasps> they would be spoilers. What? Okay. <laughs> of course. Uh, but, the, but but you know you have these main characters that you sometimes wonder why are they acting the way they do yeah and then one day 
you actually discover what it is that makes them tick or make them you know somewhat irrational it may seem or mm-hmm. and th- those moments when you when you feel that you understand your characters and things just fall into place those are marvelous yeah so i guess we're starting slowly to wrap up now but i wanted to know sort of what would be your main advice for any gm who's picked up uh, simbarim for the first time or is getting getting the the runes of simbarim what would mm. your main advice be for them about to play or run a game in uh, this universe going to be a little dull but I, I still feel that this cannot be said too many times the main advice is that what you have in your hands in front of you in the terms of of you know core books or adventure books are uh, tool sets mm-hmm. they are meant to be adapted to the preferred style and preferences of you and your gaming group mm-hmm. There is no way for a GM to play an official adventure wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no way. Uh, so, because I, I sometimes get that people are, you know, almost afraid to, mm-hmm. because of, of course, uh, the Throne of Thorns is kind of a daunting set of campaign books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that someone, some people can feel it. And they are, you know, I talked to people who said that they, they feel afraid to misrepresent the story or misrepresent this mm-hmm. or that. You can't, because yeah. what we do is pointless until it is played. Mm-hmm. And it is all it, it you know to pick any of our adventures it will be played in a thousand different ways mm-hmm. depending on the uh, setup of the composition of the players the the composition of their pcs the the game masters likes and dislikes and yeah a whole variety of, of reasons <laughs> whether they play all day long or just one time every fifth week or online or or, uh, you know, uh, at the table. Mm-hmm. So the game is yours and make the most of it, make what you want of it mm-hmm. and have fun doing that. Don't be afraid. I love that. Yeah, don't be afraid. It's always don't okay. be afraid. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's, that's really good. Also maybe, also, maybe don't be afraid to discuss these mm-hmm. sort of things with your players yeah. uh, and with other GMs. I mean, there are so many places for GMs to meet and discuss. So uh, thank you so much for obviously this interview. It's been obviously, I'm really excited now to like dive in deeper into this, this law, this setting, because it's such a cool, like, like you said, it's got everything I want actually as a, as a, as a setting. So I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping to run it at some point. So I'm very, very excited. So thank you for that. Can you tell us like, what are your sort of plans for the future? I appreciate you've just, you know, your Kickstarter is now fulfilled, <laughs> but do you have any other upcoming projects, any other thing? Like you, you talked a little bit about these campaign books and stuff. Mm. So what are you up to in sort of the world of Simbarum? or any other projects you've got going on just now? Uh, Simbarum, uh, as the original game and as 5e uh, will probably and hopefully and most likely live on for very long. First up is now the final part in the Throne of Thorns Chronicle, which will, um, yeah, I, today when it's shipping and printing and whatnot, it's such a strange world we live in today, so yeah. I don't dare to. But the, the yeah. ambition is to have it out before the end of the year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I am also working on currently editing 
one massive like 240 page and one smaller adventure book for 5e mm-hmm. uh, both are sort of collections of adventures so the first one includes seven adventures mm-hmm. the, the massive one and the, the second one two more high level adventures and oh. those I, I i hope to see those two released before the end of this year uh, they were part of the kickstarter so if you are curious about them you can look up the ruins of syndrome kickstarter and get more information about what's to come other than that, we have sort of secret projects that are <gasps> still to be announced. So mm-hmm. uh, let's skip those. We'll keep those uh, on the wraps. Yeah. No worries. No worries. And uh, for me personally, yeah. it's or and for free league in general, we have quite a lot of pots cooking, yes. stews in the making, uh, and you will see. I mean, again, we have the Blade Runner Kickstarter right now, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we will have see if more announcements before the end of this year, uh, yes. both in terms of actually new games and, uh, of course, uh, supplements and, and uh, yeah. more stuff for the, the more already. Yeah, more, no. more stuff for the games we already have. Perfect. I mean, like, I could just imagine Free League is just literally a busy kitchen with so many pots. Oh, yeah. It's always like every oh. other, it seems like every other week, I'm like, there's another thing coming out. Amazing. Mm. But oh my goodness, they're working so hard. So, yeah, I completely agree. I, if you haven't, uh, those people listening, if you haven't signed up to Free League's uh, like newsletter or stuff like that, do it because you'll always get something every week and it always makes me very excited and want to spend more money. So, that's what, that's what I'm very excited for. That's uh, very so, good for us. I think you also get a discount on a, on a purchase when you sign up for the newsletter. So, that's. Well, that's it's a super good idea. I think it's a great idea. So go do that. Um, so obviously, finally, uh, where can we follow uh, your work? Where can we get Bruins of Simbarum? And do you have any social media that people can follow? Yeah, freeleaguepublishing.com is, of course, the, the main place to go. Maybe you can post a link somewhere about that. Yeah. Then we have pretty good presence on, on Facebook, both as Free League. And there are several uh, Simbarum uh, pages or what do you call them yeah yeah pages. Uh, groups yeah. oh groups i see yeah yeah for Facebook. for like gms and 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 for players and yeah, different languages and because yeah, yeah we, our games are translated into i think symbolism is six languages by now oh, besides swedish and english yeah. so yeah, those would be the main places to go. On on, on the freeleaguepublishing.com, you can also find the, uh, our chat forum for both uh, Symbron Original and the 5e version. Brilliant. See you there. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Matthias. I appreciate you spending the time to talk to me. And honestly, like I said, I- you, you've done this for so many years now. You've got a whole lot of work, so you don't need me saying congratulations on doing so well, but I'm glad that... Oh, it's feel... still good to hear. It's still yes. good to okay, hear. Okay, I'll keep saying it. Congratulations <laughs> on getting here. And I'm glad I'm glad it's still silly, but it's still a joyous, fun thing for you to do. So oh, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. This was, this was great. I'm hoping to do more of these special Q&A bonus episodes in future, including Q&As on the one-shots we've run here at What Am I Rolling? If you have a question or think of an RPG designer you would like to see interviewed on this podcast, let us know. Our email address is whatamyrollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>